Hey everybody, this is Jeremy and welcome to the latest episode of the Memory Vox. Sorry it's been a little bit of time in between. Been working on trying to get uh, guests on and put together some different podcasts. Um, really excited for today's. Hope everybody enjoys it. You're going to be listening to a conversation with my uh, good friend Nick. Uh, we're going to talk a little Grateful Dead and uh, some other jam bands and uh, just catch up a little bit. Hope everybody enjoys it. Quick disclaimer, if anybody, just for anybody with little kids possibly, there is a little bit of language in this one. I did mark it explicit, so if you're listening to it with kids or anything, be prepared that we say a few choice words, so I hope nobody's too offended by that. And also, before I forget and get into this, uh, go ahead and check out uh, Nick and his friend Jesse, who also have a podcast talking a little football on uh, the Pro Football Juice, and you can find that on any of your uh, podcast stations. Everybody enjoy. Thanks. Jeremy? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. You can hear me okay? I can. I'm actually going through my headset, so this works out okay. Yeah, same here. I, I Like I said, I haven't quite figured out any other way to do this besides Skype, but I'm not sure how to record Skype yet, so I'm not technically savvy, so. It's all good, man. Yeah, cool. How are things? Well, not bad. How about you? Well, they're good. I uh, I actually uh, added my, I signed up for a, uh, kind of like a raffle, I guess, to get tickets to a three-night uh, fish show. <laughs> uh, nice. I, so that so uh, I'm, I find out by February between February third and February sixth if I'm going to get those tickets. Uh, and that would actually be really fun. I apparently they put on a hell of a show. So I hear. Yeah. Um, where is that show at? Uh, Nobleville, Indiana. It was like oh nice. That's not too far then. Six hours. Yeah. So a buddy of mine is. Yeah. Uh, so we both signed up for the tickets. So, uh, and then I think a couple of his buddies are interested as well. So the last time we went on it, uh, <clears throat> actually last time we all went to a concert together, it was like a year and a half ago and we went to Alpine and saw Dedding. And that was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Hey, that's awesome. Sorry. I lost audio there for a second. Oh no. I think, I think, no, no, we're fine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably still be on the podcast that I just said that, but it's fine. No worries. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I don't. I don't tend to. I don't tend to edit too much, so hey, I like to not? keep it free and clear and stuff. So, yeah, cool. just like well, just like the Grateful Dead, man. There you go. <laughs> like a nice so, little segue. Yeah, there you go. Well, for people listening. This is uh, one of my longtime friends, Nick, and uh, I had him had him on. Uh, I, I knew I was going to get him on eventually um, because Nick is quite a few years younger than I am, and I'm old, <laughs> and he is, is suddenly a Grateful Dead fan, and I really wanted to get into that with him and get into uh, how you got into that. So first off... Yeah. Let's let's start with this. When I met you, you were eighteen, just yeah. freshly out of well, just freshly out of I high school. I think I was school. nineteen. Oh yeah, maybe I think 19. I was nineteen because 
I worked at uh, Hy-Vee for like six to eight months, and then, or no, a year, and then moved back to Virginia for three months, and then moved back, and then got that job. So I think I met you around 19 or 20. I was still a young yeah. buck. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. And we were both working at FIE, which mm-hmm. was this uh, musical entertainment store. Oh, and I miss that store, man. I miss that so much. You know what's great, though, about it is that I'm truly still friends with everybody we work with there. That's awesome. It's, it's crazy. I mean, we like a part-time job like that, and I think most of us all still conversate in some way, shape, or form. So. Yeah, I still uh, chat with Jeremy now and then, and, and Heinz, uh, Patrick every once in a while. You, obviously. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, and Carol married Emily and I. I remember, yeah, because I was yeah, also at your wedding. So. Yeah, you, were, you and Aaron were the host parents, or host right. family or whatever. That was a good time. It was good times. It and we might get time. into that on the podcast, too, so... But, yeah, that was back when I was big into Mumford and Sons. My my music changed. My music tastes have changed drastically. Well, that's what I want to yeah. delve into. So you're 18, 19. I meet you. I thought you were into like rap, Eminem. I was, and still am. Like I really do still like Eminem, uh, and I did then. But I just think right. like. I don't know I had never heard the Grateful Dead and I was still a class like I've always been a classic rock fan I've always been a fan of like 70s rock and like 80s kind of sucks but 80s rock is still okay I guess but it's kind of like hair rock so it's not as good as 70s and then 90s I thought had a really good wave of music and it's just kind of stuck then uh like unless you're listening to like Black Keys or Black Crows or yeah that's right uh but Black Crows actually haven't probably produced new music since like 2003, so that's not a right. good uh, good uh, example. Well, all of that music is right in my wheelhouse because I'm of the age where I grew up with all of that. So <laughs> how did how did you get into the classic rock? Was and and I keep in mind for listeners, I know your family very well, but was like. Billy or your dad or they classic rock fans like what were you listening to growing up uh classic rock a lot of the time um I grew up listening to classic rock my parents were kind of classic rock stuff but they were like queen and stick classic rock and I don't that's uh that's kind of a different classic rock than what I like now sure like I uh, like Allman Brothers I think is one of the greatest bands ever uh Grateful Dead is the greatest band ever but then also like a lot of bands that have like nowadays, like the Black Keys and even Mumford and Sons have been influenced by that. Like Jerry started off Jerry the Grateful Dead it was originally uh not the Grateful Dead and they played blues stuff and that was because of Jerry and Pigpen, their their pianist. So they started off bluesy kind of stuff and then they were then they just started doing like the uh the acid parties where people would go lock a door for twelve hours and just do rolling on acid. And then they just right. decided to start playing music at these things. So that's kind of where they, right. they kind of became an acid band. But they, uh, um, uh, oh shit, sorry, I got a message and I got distracted. But that's, uh, you're good. But then they, they kind of just grew and they saw and like they, 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 they fed off the people that they were around. So like that, I think that's pretty cool because they were just like high school friends. Well, Kind of. They were they were young friends. A lot of them dropped out of high school, and 
Phil Lesh actually was on his way to, he would have, he was going to school to be um, like an orchestra conductor. So he could pretty much do everything. Uh, Phil Lesh is the basis for the Grateful Dead. Um, right. Uh, so, and actually Phil Lesh's 80th birthday is this summer and I'm going to lock in, which is a four day event celebrating Phil Lesh. And uh, okay. so Phil Lesh is going to be there and Warren Haynes is going to be there. Warren Haynes took over. Um, uh, played with the Allman Brothers after uh, uh, Dwayne Allman and and so like Warren Haynes is easily one of I think top 10 uh, best guitar players like rock guitar players Um, and then like you're going to have basically anybody who's ever played with the dead so Bruce Hornsby is even going to be there Uh, and I'm hoping there hasn't been any announcement about Bobby, Bob Weir, uh, Bill Kreisman or or a Mickey uh, about it. So I'm hoping that they make a surprise appearance. We'll get into that later. Man, I'm all over the place. No, you're fine. That's awesome. So to backtrack just a little bit more, so you're listening to classic rock, sort of getting into rap because that's your age group at the time, which I totally get. Yeah. So when do you start to – because I, growing up, even growing up around the time of the dead, my dad was never a big dead fan. I never really got into it, minus like you know, trucking and you or, up, or. You grew up in like Colorado or the west, uh, kind of western side of the states, right? Right, right. And it's, it's kind it of surprising just, your, your dad wasn't more of a dead listener because the west was their like their jam. It was. But that's like but, more California. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and he was more like like your parents, like uh, Queen. Bowie, Zeppelin, uh, Doobie Brothers. Yeah, Zeppelin. Zeppelin is like the number is in the top five greatest bands for me. Also, of all that, like I I love Led Zeppelin. They're great, and I I still like all that music. So like, I grew up listening to that, and like like Aerosmith was was played a lot. Actually, my first concert was an Aerosmith concert. My parents took all of us to there, and Cheap Trick opened for them. And I honestly thought Cheap Trick was significantly better than Aerosmith. They, they 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 sounded better. They put on a better show. They didn't just play their hits. It was awesome. That's um, awesome. Okay, when was when was this? Like, how old were you when you went to that show? Oh, I was. I probably was somewhere between like thirteen and fifteen. Probably. Yeah, I would. I could. Yeah, yeah. So that was like the pump age for Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah, so I was, uh, yeah, they were doing, uh, so we would have seen them on their Honkin' on Bobo tour. So when they came out with that blues, that bluesy rock uh, CD, that's that's the tour we went and saw. And it was actually all right, but I really thought Cheap Trick was better. But to see see the lead guitarist of Cheap Trick play like a two-guitar guitar guitar thing, like, I don't even know what they're called, but he's just shredding on on just insane guitars. It was was really awesome to see. It's crazy, isn't uh, it, to see that? Yeah. 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 So then, uh, so I don't know. I just kind of kept listening to classic rock, and that never really changed. Um, I loved. Uh, oh man, I loved Radar Love growing up. It was such a good song. It is still such a good song. Nice. Um, yes. And then, uh, let's see. I, I guess uh, a few years back, I was listening to just a classic rock radio, and Box mm-hmm. of Rain, the, the studio version of Box of Rain, which is Grateful Dead song, played on right. the station. And I thought it was really good and like really lovely. And it kind of, it just, it was different. So I, uh, I looked in the Grateful Dead and I started, I, my, 
I, I actually started with studio um, listening. So I was listening to their studio stuff and I was like, ah, some of this is okay. And some of it's kind of garbage because they mm-hmm. were, they, they never wanted to make studio stuff. They thrived off. They, they like played really well off their audience and just jamming and, 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 and working with each other. So they, the studio right. ended up giving them a ton of money that they just blew on just like partying and then excessive recording times that, and so they would release these albums that are not bad really, but they're just not as good as their live performances. So then I had a, I had a buddy at the, I, I have a buddy at the, um, who is also a big Grateful Dead fan and he's big into jam band stations, uh, like, um, stations that's what i listen to but jam bands uh, like fish and and like mo i saw i started listening to mo more and fish and grateful dead after all this so he kind of like like i found the rabbit hole and he helped guide me down it kind of thing so we so i started listening to good dead shows and i'd be i'd listen to like late 60s or it's really fun to listen from late 60s early 70s to their peak like they hit the sweet spot from 76 to 78 and it's 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 some of the best dead you'll ever hear. Uh, they're they're just fantastic. And then they changed their 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 tone up a little bit uh, in the '80s. And then that's actually when in the '80s is when they become a one hit wonder. Um, I think it's one hit. It's the '80s or early '90s when they came out with uh, Touch of Grey. That's their only song that's right. ever been on uh, Billboard. Right, <clears throat> right. Well, Truckin' was on there, I think, for a while, wasn't it? I don't think so. Um, from what I understand, they're uh, Grateful Dead's technically a uh, one-hit wonder because Touch of Grey is the only one that's been top ten hit. That's so I bet Truckin' would be on like Billboard 100 probably. Maybe like the rock genre only or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, they, but yeah. So I just and then that kind of took me to the Allman Brothers, and I I kind of just started listening to great guitarists and uh like traffic i i love traffic as well um not actual traffic but the band traffic with steve winwood and clapton yeah Yeah. i knew what you meant yeah and like and then that like i got to i had always i like had always listened to eric clapton but i hadn't listened to anything beyond his hits kind of thing and it's 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 really fun to listen to people's non-hit music and like one of my favorite black crow songs because i because i now have this obsession of like if i like this band i want to try to listen to as many songs as them as i as i can to figure out if like if i really mesh with them and i like right probably 94 percent of all the of all dead songs but there are some that i just will walk like if i'm at a dead show or like a dead and company show and they play it it's a good intermission break for me um right and then so like with the black crows my favorite black crows song is wiser times which is i guess a hit but it's not a, a like a super well-known song it's not like hard to handle or remedy right. or uh, jealous again kind of thing. Right. Um, well, so um, I just had another question pop in my head as I was thinking about yeah. that. But so I, I get, I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. Like for me, and I, I, I have always done this because of my appreciation of music. I'm the same way. If I hear a song, I want to listen to everything because I want to see it's so important for me to listen to the beginning to the end of an album and listen mm-hmm. to all the songs because, you know, like, for example, you were talking about the black crows, the hard to handle. And uh, she talks to angels or, um, you know, all that stuff, the stuff that got the bubblegum poppy kind of stuff as they would call it. 
really Chris Robinson hated those songs, but mm-hmm. the record companies made him put it on there. So if you really wanted to know what the band sounds like, you have to listen to the whole album. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. important to see, to really get a feel of what they're really like. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Like uh, I actually, at times I, I, I like listening to Chris Robinson Brotherhood a lot, sometimes over Black Crows, but I, uh, but Chris Robinson Brotherhood is never going to happen again because the lead guitarist killed himself over the summer. Uh, right. So Chris Robinson in an interview said he can't see himself playing those songs ever again, which sucks right. because he had some great music uh, with that band. And he also, so he, he also, he, Chris Robinson is a big Grateful Dead fan. Uh, right. So he's done covers and, like one of my favorite dead songs is sugary and he did a cover of sugary and it's fantastic. It's like 12 minutes long and it's just, it's just got a completely different tone. And like he did a cover of they love each other, which is also another great dead song. Um, so I really like to listen to Chris Robinson brotherhood as well. Yeah. And I've actually, no, I have. And I actually, I got into that cause I was listening to, an interview with Chris Robinson on, I think it was Rolling Stone radio or something. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know he was doing anything. So I checked into it. It's actually, I like it. It's decent. Um, You know, for what we're talking about, what's that? I have a feeling he's a dick. Well, so here's the thing he is. And it's why he and his brother don't get along. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the lead singers and the people who are doing the artistic work in the bands or so they say like they're writing the albums or doing all that stuff. I think if you ask most bands, they're probably all kind of dicks essentially. Yeah. But, but it's that artistic <laughs> fire that kind of makes them that way. But what you probably don't know, and, and here's what I know as the black crows are coming up and they're trying to hit their sound finally, Chris Robinson becomes extremely hated in the Denver area. Oh, really? Because, because this was before social media, but this still blew up like nobody's business. He was doing a show. I feel like at Red Rocks and he was, it was in between the dates. And so he's just out and about and maybe it's, and I don't, uh, the story I'm sure if people want to correct me on, they can, like the details aren't that important. He's out about the town, sort of drunk, sort of high, gets in this argument with some lady at Seven Eleven, calls her a whole bunch of names, spits in her face, and it becomes this huge thing. And keep in <laughs> mind, this is for social media. Somebody catches it on a video or a picture or something, and mm-hmm. he ends up going to court over that stuff. But it oh, really, man. it was a bad look for him on an image. I'm sure drugs and alcohol were involved, but mm-hmm. he really got the runaround from Denver radio stations and Denver, um, uh, uh, like airwaves and stuff. They weren't playing him for a while because everybody's like, "What a dick," you know? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I, uh, I sometimes wonder if they're both assholes because, like, I've read some stuff about rich robinson and he also kind of sounds like a dick but not nearly as much as chris robinson like chris robinson like was taking money from i think the drummer it was like the drummer's cut from the black crows right well and 
Yeah, that's what I hear. I haven't had a chance to read the drummer's book yet, but I hear a lot of those details are in there. I'm kind of curious to read it. So, yeah, that would be a good read. I uh, I actually started reading Bill Kreutzmann's book, which is the drummer of the Grateful Dead, and it's like it's it's a really fun read because it's kind of all over the place, and uh, it's kind of like you're talking to him in person, and he'll just sure. be talking randomly, and he'll just go, uh, I won't. I won't say the F word, but uh, he's like, F, I love weed. And it's just like, he's like, I, this is before I loved weed and that's it. I'm just like, oh man, Bill, you're awesome. He's, he's just like, doesn't, he's old enough he ha where he just doesn't give a crap. Like he's in the, hall of, he's in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, and he just has a little, ha a little like house on an island in Hawaii. Yeah, sounds great. And, and you know what it make, makes me laugh about books like that is, and I think um, somebody said, I haven't read the, the Jerry Garcia one, but he was like, man, I don't remember a lot of that stuff for like a good 10 years because <laughs> he was so tripped out on acid. He doesn't remember yeah. what he was doing. So to kind of, I'm sure reading books like about those bands are all over the place because it's just probably stories that somebody told them. And so they just put it in their book. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so they're, there's uh, the Phil Lesh book, and, which I'm going to read after the Kurtzman book. Uh, but the Kurtzman book has, like, I'm surprised he remembers some of the stuff. And some stuff he's like, I don't remember this, but I remember this detail about it. So it, right. I, I do feel like he kind of wrote it. I, I know he also had a co-writer. So I'm, it's probably because he's not much of an actual writer. But, uh, I mean, he's not, he's not very, like, whimsical in his writing. Right. Well, and part of that is, is his brain is probably taking a hit from all the drugs he's done. So, hey. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jerry was the biggest one into heroin, though. Yes. Uh, I yeah. guess they all kind of tried it, but Jerry was the only one who, like, really did it. Um, I, I've heard of a show where um, – actually, I was tired. Yeah, uh, my cousin's wife went to Jerry's last show, like the, the, the mm -hmm. show that he played right before he died. And she was saying that right. he was just like standing up there, like like drooling on the microphone, kind of thing. Oh, geez, yeah, just brutal. But then also, like I've heard stories of Trey Nasidu, of the lead guitarist of Fish, like the same thing. Mm -hmm. He was so whacked out on heroin, he was just mumbling and playing his guitar and drooling at shows. Mm -hmm. But I guess he's been clean That's... for a handful of years. It's crazy that I I, I will never understand how those type of artists can do that. So either drunk or high or whatever. Cause I was, mm -hmm. I was, re I read uh, Elton John's uh, book that came out recently, me. And he spent yeah. like a good 20 deck, you know, 20 years, excuse me, basically as high as a mo on Coke. And I'm like, how do you perform that way? Like, you know, like how I do you go out on stage? A remember all of your, the words to your songs and the melodies run a show like how do you do that it's crazy to think about i know and uh, like i don't know if it's just because they're just insanely talented or muscle i, I imagine it's just muscle memory because I, be. i'm amazed i'm amazed at guitarists in general like to they don't look at their strings and their fingers move like like magic man it's just like it, it, they've just done it so long it's just muscle memory and it's, it's super impressive and i've like trying to teach myself how to play guitar, but it is impossible. I cannot, I cannot learn. 
Well, and I, I'm the same way. I really want to learn to play guitar. I don't know if I have the, I don't know the dexterity for it possibly, but I, I really want, I really want to learn too. I never got to learn an instrument growing up as a kid. And I, and because I like music so much, I feel like I'm a pretender a little bit, not even knowing how to play an instrument. <laughs> well, I, uh, I grew up playing trombone and I tried picking that thing up a while ago and I don't remember jack shit about it. I can get air to go through it. I cannot remember. I can't read music anymore. It's right. just like you just stop doing something long enough and you forget how to do it. Well, I'm taking this approach. Um, I won't call it a uh, New Year's resolution, but I'm taking this approach now as I'm getting older of trying to give make myself take at least 10 to 15 minutes a day to to learn something that I want to learn. I don't know if it'll ever be, um, you know, guitar or whatever, but like messing around on the computer or something to learn a program or something like that. I'm taking away time where I was just sitting and doing nothing or just scrolling through Facebook and applying mm -hmm. it to learning something. Cause I feel like maybe it's cause I am old that there's a lot of things that I keep saying, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. Well, maybe I need to apply myself to do it. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. a whole other, older podcast, but yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's tough learning new things, man. I, uh, it's yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think I'm getting to that point where I don't want to try to learn new things. I just want to get better at the things that I do. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Makes it sound like I'm old as hell, but I'm not. Well, that's just it. You're young. I, I mean, I don't remember. Uh, forgive me, because I have known you for many years now. Well, I'm 31. When we met, 31 now. Yeah. Holy shit, man. I still think of you. Well, how old are you? Like 40? I'm 40, 45 now. Ha! Uh, yeah, we've known each other too long, Jeremy. We have. It's crazy to think about. Oh, we're and you know, growing all together. <laughs> uh, you know, well, that's what's funny, too. And that's another reason I want to have you on the podcast, obviously. And I feel bad about earlier because I really do want to get in person. But you're one of, I would say, one of my oldest friends. I know you and I don't get to hang out very much. And that sucks. It's you because I have, three, I have three kids and a wife and I work a lot. You're busy. I have no kids. Yeah, right. But so when, when when I met you, you were still a kid. And mm -hmm. honestly, I never in my wildest dreams until like the second day we were working together, I came home and I went, I was talking about you to Aaron and she's like, oh, cool. And then she's like, well, how old is he? And I was like, he's like 19. She's like, so you're friends with a 19-year-old? And keep in mind, <laughs> so this is 12 years ago. I'm 30, so I'm your age right now. I'm yeah. like, yeah, man, we get along, you know? And it's just, Yeah, that was back when I was trying to date your sister-in-law. <laughs> well. Great. I can't hope. If she listens to this, I'm going to get a message later, and that's going to be really great. But <laughs> She's going to look me up, and then she's going to be like, Jerry, why'd you keep him from me? <laughs> yeah, uh, something like that. Something like that. But I mean, <laughs> You know, it's funny because having known you since you were, you know, 19 and watching you grow and or actually in this case shrink, but we won't get into that too much. Um, <laughs> you know, you met Emily. I remember yeah. um, I remember you coming and calling me one day because you were nervous about, you know, you you were really 
this was, I don't, I don't remember how far you were into your relationship with Emily, but you just, I remember you talking to me and you're like, kind of basically like, what's it like to be married and all this other stuff, you know? Cause I think at the time you were thinking you were going to marry Emily or at least you were Why getting you, serious enough with her. So. Why didn't you talk me out of it, man? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we need these women in our lives to keep us going. Yeah. Because she, uh, Except she hasn't turned me away from any any shows. Like I I bought tickets for Black Crows. I bought tickets for Bob Weir and Wolf Brothers. I bought tickets for Lock In. I'm trying to get tickets for Fish. She doesn't tell me no on concerts. So uh, hey, there you go. Does she go with you? That was going to be one of my questions. She's going to go to the Black Crows one with me. Okay. Um, Does she like the same music as you? She likes the Black Crows. She doesn't really like the Dead. Um, Right. She tolerates the Dead. And she's got some dead uh, songs on her playlist, but she, she's sure. not obsessed about it as I am. And uh, yeah, no, we don't pretty much share, we, we don't share the same music taste anymore. Like it's we, so we funny because we had Mumford and Sons, uh, but then they changed their sound, and I don't like them anymore. Oh, see, I like the new sound. You got to listen through it. Oh, can't that's stand my, it. That's my opinion. Wilder Minds was a it was a trip, and a lot of. Oh true fans were kind of on the fence and then delta was a conglomeration of both wilder minds and their older stuff and i think you might enjoy it if you haven't listened to it yet it's really good but maybe that maybe they were so good they were like i really thought they were going to be one of the best bands ever like they were they were just their music was different and it like drove people emotionally and it was great and then they sold out and did that fucking oops sorry man and then they did the uh, You're fine. Like, neon trees imagine dragon sounding music and it just sucked it just became too generic yeah i i do get that and if you know but you got to think about it this way too so the dead did an album dylan-esque that most people despised like critics hated it which one and they thought also was it uh dead and dylan or dylan and dead it came oh. out in the 80s oh i hope it came not out in the early 80s go to heaven album maybe uh, i don't remember but it was i love the dylan and dead stuff did you but critics didn't so you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah. so if you're if you're a real fan then you love everything about the stuff they yeah, do. That's true. But I don't really like but, Touch of Grey. <laughs> you don't? Uh, no, that it's it's uh it's too like poppy. It's too like it, it, it kind of seems like so I think I think if I remember right, so Jerry's Jerry fell into a coma uh because of heroin. And then right. what I've read or heard is like he like came to and then wrote Touch of Grey. Um, okay. gotta, I wonder if Robert Hunter and Jerry on that one, or if that was Jerry. But then, mm-hmm. but then, but then it was like it was a it was a hit, and they started drawing, drawing crowds again. Right. Well, I think every band kind of needs that one song that brings in a different audience. But think about it. Whatever their musical, uh, like "Touch of Grey" or "Truckin'," is what gets them on the radio which gets people like you to listen to at least one yeah. song that makes you want to, you know what I mean? So it works. Yeah. 
Yeah. So even if you don't, if it's not particularly your favorite, a song like that hooked you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were. They they did a really good job of growing their fan base, and like still today, like I, uh, you're getting more fans because of John Mayer and Dead and Company. Like uh, right. years back, someone would have said, "Hey, like if I." Well, honestly, not even years back when I when I was listening to Grateful Dead before I realized, uh, before I knew about Dead and Company, when I heard that John Mayer was in Dead and Company, I was like, "What? Like the same dude that did My Body the Wonderland and Daughters?" But then right. you listen to it, and the guy can shred. Like he is. Oh yeah. Insanely talented. The only oh, no, negative he's a great thing. Guitar player. Yeah, like you've heard some things about his character that aren't great, but then. But then I, yeah. Anyway, uh, um, uh, my the the only down thing about Dead and Company, I think, compared to Grateful Dead, is that Grateful Dead is like every song you you you'd hear. So my favorite, the Sugary, you'd hear forty different versions of Sugary, and none of them would sound the same because of Jerry's ability to improv and the fact that that band just played off each other really well. And though Dead and Company, they've been playing like five years together five or six years together, they are, their chemistry is fantastic and their shows are great, but they just don't have that improbability that Jerry brought, I, I feel. Like, mm-hmm. their songs kind of, like, it doesn't, I, I've heard slightly different versions of Sugar Ray, but like three mm-hmm. out of the 15 or whatever that I've heard Dead and Company do. So it's, right. it's kind of, um, it's a little disappointing, but it's still a really good time. Okay. So, yeah, okay, I wanted to ask you about that. So let's get into that a little bit. So it's funny you say that. So I, because I don't know much about the dead, I was doing a little research trying to pick up what I could uh, Mm. to fill in some blanks that I don't know. And I was watching an interview with Bob Weir and uh, John Mayer, and it was 2017 maybe. So they were into already doing the dead and company. I think they were about to do another tour. And Bob Weir said basically to the interviewers, we haven't, even though the shows are going great, John hasn't quite meshed well. And John, even to his thing said, yes, because it was so different for him. He was trying like, what you said, Jerry Garcia riffed a lot or, you know, like the way he did his shows were, was improvised, if you will. And John was so meticulous at being just a guitarist that it took him a while to uh, kind of meld with Bob mm-hmm. and the rest of the band to kind of yeah. get to know the sound a little bit. Yeah, because the, the band is no longer Jerry's band. Like it's been Bob's band. So he's been... So it's slower now. Like I, I, I saw Den and Company at Wrigley over the summer, right? And uh, and I actually went alone. Like M went with me, but she hung out with friends while I went to the show. Um, sure. And I, I went to the bathroom during intermission, and I just heard a couple guys bitching about how slow and boring it is now. But like, uh-huh. and I've heard it's so Bobby's addressed that, and he's just like he. So he said that he doesn't care. Like it's he's old, and he's going to take his time to get to the point. He's going to get to the point of the song that he wants to get to and like mm-hmm. and i i thoroughly enjoy it i'm still able to move to it i i love the way they play um bob's voice sounds so old uh but but oh, john's sure. voice brings a, a different element to it and they also have so oteal burbridge who's uh 
who's also a great bassist. Um, he also sings a couple songs too, and they're they're pretty solid. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's awesome. Because I, you know, when they first announced that John we or uh, John Mayer was going to uh, to head it up, you thought maybe it was more like a one show or two show off, just to kind of get Bob and the rest of the band to play a little bit. But it really took off, and people, yeah. I think, really enjoyed it. Like you said, I think it brought in a, a whole new fan base, even too. So, so since Jerry died in '95, they've been so that's when the Grateful Dead died. So then they uh, they had they would try to bring in lead guitar like popular lead guitarists to see like who would mesh really well. Like they had Trey in the studio from Fish Play one time. Um, I feel like they had Warren Haynes at one point, but I cannot. I don't, not, I don't remember fully. But then it's so like they, mm-hmm. they just bring in different people and it's just like, oh, we'll just do a year or two here. But then uh, John Mayer hosted the Late Late Show, uh, Craig Ferguson's or Craig whatever from years back. It was like mm-hmm. 2009 or 14 or 12. I, I don't remember. So anyway, he hosted it yeah. and he had the ability to, he's like, he was told he could bring any musical guest on. So he invited Bob Weir on and they played Althea together. And that was the first mm-hmm. time that and he, he, he hadn't heard much dead music before then, but he was getting into them. So then he got to play it. And now Althea, if you get a chance to hear John Mayer play Althea, it's fantastic. And actually, there's a, there's a cover band called Joe Russo's Almost Dead. They are, they're one of the most fun dead cover bands uh, you'll probably ever see because of how much fun and how much electricity they bring to it. And uh, if you can, John will sometimes play with them. If you can see a John Mayer, Joe Russo, Althea song, it's the best you'll ever see. And actually, like Lockin, John Mayer is going to play with Joe Russo, and they're doing a two a two set show. So I'm I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So do does at any point does they don't try to do anything weird? Like they keep it all dead and company they don't try to do like john doesn't suddenly go into uh no, you know correct one of his they'll, okay they'll, they'll cover they'll do the weight from the band so they'll do some like uh-huh. cover songs they'll cover some band songs and some dylan songs um mm-hmm. but yeah no they we always joke that uh, whenever we go to a show we feel like every once in a while someone in our group will just yell play my party it's a wonderland but uh <laughs> I imagine if they ever did that, people would leave. <laughs> well, yeah, I would imagine. Well, that was going to be my next question. So, I mean, you're younger. You have some friends that are younger. What do you, what kind of dynamic? You've seen them, what, twice now? I saw I saw Den Company two nights in Alpine and then two nights in at Wrigley. So, yeah, I've seen them twice, uh, but like four shows. So, is I, it a... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying I also stream them a lot. I try to listen to every show that they do. Uh, yeah, but being at the concert, what kind of, like, is there a large fluctuation of, like, you have your original deadheads who are probably, like, say, uh, my father's age, like 65, <laughs> 67, and then, mm-hmm. or are you seeing, when you're there, a more younger grouping of people like yeah. your age? Oh. They're like, yeah. you see people who are 18 and then you see people who are like 70. Like you, you just see this wide range of people and they're always getting along. There's always a group of people. Like you always see people there who are just there to get like drugs and to get messed up. And those people sure. are really annoying. But for the most part, 
everybody gets along. Everybody just wants you to have a good time. Uh, I think right. when we were there last time, someone in our group bought uh, weed or acid from a guy that had a lizard on his shoulder. And that was just a fun story to tell. <laughs> like, it was just so uh, like getting a camp also is really fun too uh, because you get to, you get to kind of get to know people around who are going to go right. uh, to the show. And it's really fun to listen to people and listen to like what they, what they're doing there kind of thing. Right. The, the right. crappy thing about seeing dead and company at Alpine is that they can't do a shakedown street and a shakedown street. It's a dead song, but what it is, it's like, it's at every, it's almost at every dead show where it's just this like block or whatever, where it's, it's like grateful dead Etsy people make things and they take it and they sell things. So like when I went to Wrigley, uh, they had a shakedown street and I got, I got like a pin. I got a couple shirts. It was, uh, it was, that was a good, I got a, a large jar bear patch for my motorcycle vest. So it's just like, it's the shakedown street is really fun. So it's the community that's around the grateful dead is like pretty accepting and uh really just want everybody to have a good time but there are obviously the 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 dicks that make it kind of miserable from time to time who are just there to do drugs yeah that's that's unfortunate but that's also what jerry had envisioned with not the drugs per se but the party atmosphere that's what he Mm -hmm. wanted when he set this up and and yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously nowadays, yeah, right, exactly. And you know, nowadays, I think honestly, uh, the consumption uh, is more because, like what you just said, of some people don't know to just have a little bit of fun. It's mm-hmm. either all or nothing. I think we're yeah. living in that age. It's it's all or nothing. So yeah, you're gonna get those d bags that are so wasted before they even get to the show that you're pretty sure they don't remember, you know, like an Iowa football game, you come mm-hmm. in, you sit down and this dude next to you will not remember one single moment of that football game because he is so toasted before he gets there. Yeah. And like, I don't I know that I quite understand at shows. I never remember shit when I'm really drunk and I want right. to be able to remember those shows. That's just it. You pay the money. You want to like, I go to a show I want to enjoy. I want to remember the whole show. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean that's yeah. Like I've been. I I uh, I've so yeah. Seen Dead and Company twice. The first time um, I did. I did take acid. The second. The second show, and uh, I only did half of one. A half tab mm-hmm. because I was I was driving that night, so I wasn't mm-hmm. drinking. So getting drinks at Alpine, it was at eighteen dollars per beer. Oh, like crap. it was the most expensive beer I have ever seen. I don't like beer anyway, but I was getting right. water and the water was $12. Yeah. So like that. Well, so uh, that's, yeah, um, that's how so like, it is nowadays. That's how they make their money. So, and it's a, and it's a really good, t- like the whole group did it. One guy just kept disappearing and then he came back wearing a different sweatshirt. Like he went and bought a sweatshirt because it was cold and then he left again. And then he came back and he was just like wandering, but you, you, you've got that with that kind of thing, but it was a good time until like my, I wore off and I was ready to go. And we were still waiting in the parking lot for like two hours. And then everybody oh, else right. was going. So, like that part kind of sucked. So then when I went and saw dead and come play at Wrigley, I went sober. Like I, I was, I was also by my, my, by myself. So I wasn't going to, uh, 
I wasn't right. going to rip endangering my uh, my safety. And it was still a blast. I had such a good time. So it's, right. uh, I, I, I kind of hate the comment. It was like, hey, what, what did the uh, dead fan say when the drugs uh, when the drugs ran out, uh, this music sucks. Like, sure, you might have that with some people, but if you're a fan of the music, you don't feel that way. Well, that's just not it, all yeah. But some, a lot of the their music is great. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's again, it's funny that you really appreciate the jam band and stuff. Do you? So, um, I have a, a few more questions I want. I've been wanting to yeah. ask. But so, do you get into like Dave Matthews? Because like, I was, I was a, do not a Dave Matthews fan. Okay, but they're sort of jam band esque. Yeah, so that's just I've not heard, your thing. I've I've got a buddy who has seen them like thirty times. He says he sees right. it because his wife's a fan. Uh, but he told me, so Jesse will uh, Jesse will give me crap saying that Grateful Dead is a gateway for Fish and Dave Matthews Band. And I cannot stand Dave Matthews band music. And uh, but apparently he puts on a hell of a show. I've been told to go just for the show aspect, but I oh, have no excellent. interest. And yeah. uh, oh, so you have seen him live? Yes, yes. Look at you being a Dave Matthews band fan. Well, I okay. So I was a fan when uh, Under the Table came out. I had always liked it. Again, generational. It was new. It was mm-hmm. great. You know, I like the songs like uh, Ants Marching and stuff like that. And I was always a pseudo fan. And then some friends of ours had some extra tickets. So Aaron and I went and saw them here in Iowa at like where the Iowa Cubs play in Des Moines. Yeah. And we were both sort of like, oh, we were mostly just going to hang out with some friends and we were interested in seeing it. But man, the show was so great. Aaron and I bought the next album. We listened to it. It really, they do put on a heck of a show and it makes you want to explore more into it. But I think, you know, I think at this point I've told Jesse so many times, I'm not going to like Dave Matthews band. I will refuse (laughs) to listen to it for fear of liking Dave Matthews band. Right. Uh, Is that why you won't give you two a chance also? Oh no, I just hate you two. Bono's annoying and can't sing. The only one who can, <laughs> the only talented one in that band is uh, the guitarist, and I can't remember his name. Edge, yeah. Edge, yeah, he's the only talented one in that band. I hate that band. Oh, Bonnie's a douchebag. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I just thought I'd, I, I had to bring it up. I love mm-hmm. you too. I, I just love how much you dislike <laughs> them so much. Uh, I actually, I wrote, I wrote, I, I took notes and prepped for this podcast. And I, one thing I wanted to talk about that's funny and kind of depressing is the fact of how many keyboardists the Grateful Dead have gone through. And right. it's like, there's this, there's this joke where it's like, you're going to have a great career if you're in the Grateful Dead unless you're a keyboardist. And, uh, <laughs> and one, one time my buddy, we, we were talking about it. And my buddy from across the room just yelled, someone should check on Jeff Chiminti because he's the keyboardist <laughs> for the Dead Company right now, and he's also right. he's awesome. He, I think, also played in Almond, with the Almond Brothers Band. Right. Uh, but, yeah, they, they started with Pigpen, who died of alcohol, alcohol poisoning. And then from 71 to 79, I think, they had Keith, and I can't ever remember his life. It's like God, Gotchow. Uh, but with mm-hmm. Keith came Donna, and Donna provided a lot of the vocals. And 
so so they she kind of brought a different element but that was their story sad where like keith got really big bad into drugs and tried to like just party all the time with jerry and donna would be like constantly raped by hell's angels people so they like got out of the band and like that's a really that's like when you find out the fact that jerry allowed hell's angels crew to to write to hang out with them and do those things to donna like you just find you're just like all right that part you kind of don't like jerry very much sure it's just, because he was he never wanted there to be a lead member of the band so he never wanted to take initiative but he was going to be the only one that people were going to listen to. So like he needed to be the, he never wanted to tell the audience don't bring recording devices. He never wanted to tell the audience don't get so messed up that you leave your car in the middle of the road and come here. Like he never wanted to be that person to tell people what to do, but he needed to be. And because he didn't like bad things happened. And and then like he died drug overdose. Then Brent Midland uh, uh, was in there and Brent was Brent was their best keyboardist. Like he, he picked up the slack because Jerry's vocals were going to shit because of the heroin. So he started singing a lot more. And but then he died of uh, drugs in the uh, in 1990. And then Vince Wellnick took over from 90 to 95. He died, but he died in 2005. I think at the age of like 55 or something like that. He was young too. And right. Bruce Hornsby, the only keyboardist that's still alive. And then he went on to do his own thing. Yeah. So, yeah. The so, range uh, and now whatever they're called nowadays, I don't remember. But yeah. Oh, I know that. Hold on, I got that because they're playing at Lockin. Uh, I yeah, love to see that because uh, I love Bruce Hornsby growing up. It's Bruce Hornsby and the Noisemakers now. Okay. Yeah, because it used to be Bruce Hornsby and the Range, but then yeah, that's funny. And you just uh, sparked it. David Crosby's Go also going to be at Lockin, by the way. Of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So, are you going to have somebody to make sure you make it home safely? Like, <laughs> so I I bought two tickets, so I'm trying to find someone to go with me who's going to have as good a time as I will. Because I don't really want to go alone, but I will. Scott mentioned that he'd go. Uh, yeah, but like just looking at this one show, uh, Phil right. Lesh is going to Phil Lesh is playing with Warren Haynes, Jimmy Herring, Rob Rocco. Uh, John Mola and David Crosby, like that's that's awesome. That's a heck of a that's a heck of a put together, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's followed by someone that's to be announced, which I think is going to be Bob Weir related. And then it's O'Teal and Friends, featuring a shitload of people. And then you got Mike right. Gordon, who's who's with Fish. Oh man, mm-hmm. there's so much. You want to go to Lockin with me? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a great concert, but I, I might be afraid if I'm going to make it home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been told it's going to change my life. That's yeah. awesome, though. <laughs> so you sparked a couple more questions into my head that I was just thinking about. Yeah. First, so you were talking about how Jerry never once wanted to be like have a lead, but I always felt like he was the lead. But then mm-hmm. so – but he always somebody asked him, I think it was Letterman way long time ago, asked him um, about, you know, people recording his shows and don't you get upset about that and copyrights and all this other stuff. And he was like, no, because when we do a show, we're not going to do it that way again. And so the music is theirs and I want them to remember it. Is that yeah. still kind of how they go about it? 
Oh, probably not anymore. You're not there. I don't. I think Jerry was probably the only one who didn't mind that it was recorded. Everybody else, I think, wanted the money. Sure. Because sure. You, you, yeah, can't record, you can't record anything now because you have to. They they charge uh, Den Company. You can either get an app and like I think I spent six bucks a month on this app so I can listen to Den Company and a bunch of other stuff. But for their shows individually, it's kind of expensive to stream. Right. Well, Pearl Jam used to do that a little bit. I don't think they still do, where you can buy a recording of just that show. But yeah, I don't. I don't think they quite do that anymore. But yeah, you can stream. You can pr- like like thirty bucks. You can stream the show to your computer or a smart TV or whatever if you have the app. Right. Right. So then. One of the other questions I was thinking about, because you, you touched on it earlier. So you were listening. You like Clapton, which who doesn't? Mm-hmm. And I love Clapton. And having read his autobiography, just knowing so much, like his back detail and how he was such good friends with the Beatles, George primarily. Obviously, there was that whole thing that he, you know, was in love with George's wife and wrote songs about her and stuff. But uh, that's neither here nor there. As a guitarist, do you, Here's my question. And I've wanted to have this discussion with anybody who wants that. So you like the guitar aspect and you like the guitarist. I think the age of guitar players is leaving us. But yeah. I, I don't think, think there's have. somebody coming up that's going to be the next Eric Clapton or the next John Mayer or the next Eddie Van Halen even or something like that. I think those days are gone. Uh, Do you I agree? don't know. Uh, you should check out Marcus King Band. Uh, Warren Haynes found him, and he's only like, oh man, like twenty four or something, mm-hmm. and he, mm-hmm. he plays pretty well. I think, but yeah, I would, I would, I would kind of agree with you, but also not. I don't know. I don't. There's a there's a band, uh, an up and coming like jam band called Goose that's really talented. Then you've got you've. I, I just think, I don't think you have mainstream good guitarists anymore. I think you just have to you have to seek this stuff out and hear from other people be like, Oh, you should really check this out. Um, well, I guess maybe that's what I mean is like, maybe not even mainstream, but like, you know, somebody who's going to last a long time. Like yeah. you and I are talking about these bands and these people who have been around for four plus decades. Mm-hmm. And I think when they're gone, we're not going to see anything like this ever again. Yeah, I do. I, I would maybe. agree. I do think, I do think, like group chemistry bands are dead. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I don't think they form anymore. Um, you will have you'll have the occasional one, but I don't think they're gonna survive the test of time. Like be, like like right. these other bands have. Like the uh, the the Who is touring or whatever, and the Rolling Stones yeah. are still playing. Like right. that's the thing. I don't think I'm gonna be able to say, oh, uh, Pigeons playing ping pong are. are, are still playing 50 years later which is another pretty solid band right jam band which is a funny name yeah there's a trampled by turtles they're a that's a bluegrass <laughs> jimmy stuff uh yonder mountain string band uh there's the string cheese incident lettuce goose. string cheese incident i know yes right, string cheese incident is, is pretty good too right but i don't think we'll be talking about them in 50 years I know, and that's it. Makes me sad because that's how I grew up. I I grew up listening, and you know Jimmy Page and Eddie Van Halen and mm-hmm. and Eric Clapton and all of these 
great guitarists and bands in general that lasted the test of time. You know, even outside of the jam band aspect, like you just said, even like your local artists now, uh, even if it's pop radio, your Ed Sheeran's, your Taylor Swift's, we're not yeah. going to be talking about them in 40 years. Nobody's going to remember who the hell they are. Yeah, I think we'll you be talking I mean? about Beyonce and Jay-Z in 40 years. Um, maybe. Just because of like, kind of what they've done, or Beyonce more than, ah, I don't know. Uh, I'd say, I would be, I'm going to talk about Dr. Dre, I think, 50 years from now, and Eminem. Uh, as, but they're also, it's not the same category. They, they've kind of, they kind of, I kind of attribute them to being like the Michael Jordan of rap. Dr. Dre. Yeah. And but you're LeBron not going to see them put together a, a concert 40 years from now and still sell no. out a stadium. Right. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're still getting, um, you mentioned Jimmy Page earlier and I just wanted to, re- I mm-hmm. remembered, um, have you listened to, it was a handful of years ago, Black Crows and Jimmy Page. They played together. Yes, that's a good, yeah. Awesome. Like, it's, and you it's know, better. Page really orchestrated that. Um, he had the story I had heard was it, Jimmy Page just somehow or another started listening to the first Black Crows album, finished it, loved it, called the representative and said, I want to work with these guys like now. And, you know, of course, you know, Jimmy Page being a rock god, they're like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you say no to that? He, so I don't think you'd have to try very hard to, uh, no. to do that. No, no, not at all. Um, so as as we're kind of getting wrapping up here and stuff, so what, I mean, obviously Dead, you said, what is your favorite Dead song right now? Oh, I'm going to have to do like uh, top five, I think, in no particular order. Sure, um, sure. And, and do you count? Um, so they have songs that, that perfectly flow into other songs. Like there's or that go into I Know You Writer that they hardly, they like never play separate. Like if they play China Cat, they're going to go into I Know You Writer. Um, and well, let me go- ask you, I'll ask you it this way. If you wanted to convince somebody to become a dead fan or listen to their stuff, what would be the top five you would say that? Oh, this to? is fantastic. Okay. <clears throat> Find the 1977 two Terrapin album, listen to Sugar Ray. Okay. I'm just going to pull up my uh-huh. phone because we've got this. Uh, this isn't going to be an issue. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, so there... Uh, that's the wrong app, you fool. Um, okay. Let's do this. Uh, the, it's, uh, it's a May 28th, 1977, two Terrapin album. The Sugary on that is the best sugary uh, Grateful Dead ever played, in my opinion. Okay. And honestly, you could listen to Samson and Delilah on that as well. Uh, okay. Estimated Prophet. The Warfred on You know what? That If you just listen to the Two Terrapin album and the 1977 Cornell album, uh, okay. you, I think it's 77. Um, those, uh, you can't go wrong. The, the, both those shows, were some of the best they've ever played. And then you could even go back further in the 1972 uh, Europe uh, tour where they play Hurts Me Too. Hurts Me Too is one of my favorite songs as well uh, that they play. And they kind of stopped, they actually stopped doing that when Pigpen died. But then John brought it back last year or the year before 
and they do a really good job with it. John's been bringing in more blues stuff again, which is great. Like I love the bluesy dead stuff. So well, that's his expertise. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like my recommendation is, uh, uh, you can, uh, the, the 1972 Europe tour, the 1977 Cornell, 1977 to Terrapin. And, uh, yeah, you could throw in some Jerry Garcia band in there and as well, like a Ruben and Sharif by Jerry Garcia band, or they love each other. Yeah. Grateful Dead or Jerry Garcia band. Oh, they're fantastic. And I'm going to ask a stupid question, but can you stream that like on Pandora or Amazon? Because, you know, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, the Dead, Amazon has all of those, uh, every one of those albums that I mentioned, they have them on their unlimited one. And I think they're on Spotify as well. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, and right, then, well, I will, I will give it a listen. Oh, nice. Like, text me and let me know what you think. <laughs> We'll do. It, it may not vocals, be today, but I. W- that's fine. Some of the vocals are going to sound garbagey, but uh, you just gotta sometimes like you can also tell like Jerry's voice sounds pretty good in in seventy two, and it's it's not bad in seventy seven seventy eight, and then you go to the eighties and nineties, and it just sounds rough. Uh, you can did. kind of see it fading a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, if yeah. you if you listen to a like 90, 1990, somewhere between 90 and 92, he does Tangled Up in Blue, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Dylan song. It, it's a great version of it, but he sounds real rough. But his guitar, his, his ability to still play while heroin out is amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah, like we said, that's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. So a couple more questions that I was thinking about that I really wanted to ask you. So first... It's always the blasphemous question when you talk to people who like rock or classic rock. But who is your favorite guitarist? Mine has always been Eddie Van Halen, even though he does not play well with others. As in <laughs> meaning he doesn't get along with anybody, essentially. But but who is yours? Oh, Jerry Garcia. Garcia, yeah. yeah you'll never hear the same riff twice, and it's awesome. Like every... Every dead song, Grateful Dead song, and sometimes Dead and Company, but every Grateful Dead song is like a mystery box. You're never really sure what kind of version you're going to get. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, so you yeah, would prefer like, him over Clapton? I think so. Mm-hmm. Clapton, yeah. I like Clapton. He uh, he also kind of went his route where he's like, I'm going to stop caring what people want to hear. I'm just going to play the stuff that I want to play, which is which is great. But then I kind of just like his. Uh, his newer stuff is not nearly as good as his, like his older his older stuff. Right. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing is, I know you're you've been big into fitness. You making me feel bad most days because <laughs> I think I gained all the weight that you lost, but that's neither oh, here nor there. I don't think so. <laughs> I was I was pretty hefty. I was. Uh, I'm, Dude, I'm every once there again. That, it's... Every once in a while, that photo of me with uh, um, DMX shows up, uh-huh. and and I, I was forgot about that. So fat. <laughs> yeah, that was I fun. Got right? that you met DMX. I totally yeah. forgot that. Uh, he came into Fye, and he was looking at he was he bought DMX CDs. I know. I was so ticked. That was my day off. And you sent me that picture. And I was like, what the hell? 
Uh, I panicked, and the only thing I said, the only the, the first thing I could say to him is, "Oh man, I loved you. I loved Cradle to the Grave. Cradle to the Grave sucked. Like it's fun, <laughs> but he's not. He's he's not the best part in it. Right. Right. That's <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh my god, that's a memory I forgot about. Um, but while you're while you're working out and stuff, do you listen to the dead or do oh, you I, go something more upbeat? I uh, I uh, there's a term for it, and I can't remember what it's called. It's a stupid. It sounds stupid. It's like this German term for it. It's a it's like a high paced music, and then you kind of go to like slower. So you're like because then otherwise it kind of helps with my longer run so like uh-huh. i go from i go from the back to black crows to cake and dead and company grateful dead oh, uh, cake nice but yeah like i've got, and got government mules on there that i've got Jimi hendrix i've got uh which god yeah we i completely forgot to talk about hendrix hendrix is also in the top five greatest guitar players of all time um, oh yeah my my brother-in-law would love to hear you say that that's his favorite so Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I finally got Are You Experienced on vinyl, and I've just been, like, playing that thing over and over again. Nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I usually in my half marathons, I, uh, I try to plan it for about mile seven for Scarlet Begonias mm-hmm. and Fire on the Mountain from the Cornell show play. Okay. And um, it always gets to a moment where it gets, it gets to the to – the, their transition from scarlet to fire. Like me talking about it right now, I've got chills. Like I, 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 I get chills and it gives me motivation and I get like super happy. I look, nice. I've got to look so goofy when I run because like I'm, I'm <laughs> doing the air guitar or I'm singing along with and I, because I just don't give a shit. I'm, I'm, in my, I'm in my zone because I'm listening to my happy music. Oh, no, I, I'm totally with you on that. I, um, the, the last time I ran a half marathon, which was a while ago, um, I remember I planned it out to have Macklemore and Nelly as like my last like three miles. Yeah. But I was kind of doing this. I was like dancing and I'm like singing to myself. And I'm like, I should really probably just focus on running and finishing no, this damn race. But <laughs> now you gotta you gotta yeah. think about everything else besides the actual running, or else it's miserable. Isn't it though? It's it's. It's great, but it also sucks so bad yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was actually I was running on a I was I hate treadmill running, but I was able to get through it today because I'm listening. I've been listening to the uh, December thirty first, twenty nineteen fish show, and uh, mm-hmm. it just got into a really good jam and groove, and it brought a smile on my face. So I enjoyed my runs. Music nice. is fantastic. I I love it, and that's why I wanted to do this podcast because i don't get to talk about it much but i love exploring it and i mm-hmm. love like i'm going to listen to this dead uh sugary from 1970 and i'll tell you what i think but i like to explore and 77 okay and <laughs> i like to explore and listen to stuff and you know being that i work third shift i have a lot of time on my hands to just listen to crap i'm by mm-hmm. myself so yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's if, good to explore and stuff. If you, if you want to just do a, like a hot, quick playlist, uh, start with the two terrapin sugary, and I can text this all to you as well. Uh, then okay. go from go to Cornell, Scarlet Begonias, and Fire on the Mountain. They have to play back to back, and then throw in a 
I think it's 1978 uh, Nassau, uh, but Althea. It's that Althea is one of their, and Al Franken actually like raves about it. He was at that show. He raved about it on the Long Strange Trip documentary that's on Amazon. So like if you if you listen to those four ones, and then even if you decide to throw in uh, just another one from either the Cornell or Terrapin album, I, I don't think you'll have an issue. Or or and with Warfrat from the two Terrapin album, that's a good one. Nope, I changed my mind. There so hurts me too from 1972, <laughs> and end with Morning Dew from the 1972 Europe show. You may cry. Okay. It's so good. Okay. Well, you text me the list and yeah, to the listeners <laughs> to the listeners, you have a list that Nick has now given you if you want to at least explore it and you can tell Nick if he's full of shit or not later. But <laughs> yeah, you, why not? You, well, yeah. We'll we'll see what what few listeners I have say. So, hey, thanks for uh being on with me and stuff, man, and I'm going to have to have you back after the Black Crows and Fish show obviously so we can see how Oh, yeah. Goes. I, uh, so, yeah, it was a good time. I pretty much, uh, I welcome any opportunity I could talk about the Grateful Dead. <laughs> well, uh, uh, and I appreciate it, man. I really do. So I'm going to sign this off. Is there any last, like, Jerry Garcia esque quotes you want to leave us with before we go? Oh, uh, nothing left to do but smile, 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 man. Right on. Love it. <laughs> All right, man. I'll All talk right, to you later. Out. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yep. Bye.